0: Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in
1: the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company.
0: All right, guys. Welcome back to Mixed Company podcast. You've got Kai. You've got Sim. Sim, what up? How are you?
1: Uh, Thriving and struggling. At the
0: same time, right?
1: um, that's, That's all I can do right now.
0: Good for you. You know what? That's a that's a that's a lot more than other people are doing. And like, you got to really put yourself in 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 the frame of mind of positivity to realize, like, as bad as you feel right now, it gets worse. Oh, yeah. yeah All yeah. you got to do is turn on your TV, <laughs> turn on NPR, look out your window. It gets worse. So I'm glad you're at least thriving on one end.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, look, the world is on fire.
0: The world is absolutely on fire. And speaking on fire, our industry is on fire. (laughs) I think more than usual, there's so much happening um, because we're at this really intense intersection of COVID, COVID, uh, economic destruction, uh, civil, I mean, the civil unrest, at least in the media, not in real life is not as, as blatant, but it's still happening. Um, and so what we're kind of leaning on is looking to the future. And I think that's what we're gonna talk about today. Right. Um, I do, I forgot, I probably should have asked you before we started, but I do wanna do a dope shit slash ain't shit, cause we ain't done that in a while. Yeah. And I feel like I have, I actually have one. I saw this popping ass commercial that made me think of something the other day. Um, so I have something to share, Sim. Do you have something to
1: share? <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I got something
0: to share. All right, bet. So we'll jump into a dope shit and an ain't shit. But before we do that, I just want to let y'all know we've got a guest today. And I'm super excited for this person to be here. And I'm not going to gush the way I usually do about our guests because I've known this man almost nearly getting close to half my life at this point. Um. Welcome, Stephen Small Warner, to the show. For those of you that don't know who this person is, I implore you to do a lot of research on this gentleman. Uh, Stephen Small Warner is a good friend of mine. We go back to our days at Howard University, uh, working on the illustrious uh, one and only Howard University Homecoming together. Where you know that kind of gave a lot of a lot of us that work in the entertainment and creative side of of industry our starts. Most of us were communications and business majors and had no business out here producing concerts or building uh, uh, actual production or or, or highly produced um, video suites, you know, that you can still find on, on Vimeo, but that's what we were doing. Um, and since there, Stephen has gone on to basically become a, a content creator and is a pioneer right now in the virtual, sorry not virtual, in the vertical uh, content sphere. Um, Stephen is has, has described himself as a large systems thinker and that's what we're going to talk about today. So Steve, welcome to the show. I hope this is, Steve, I know Steve. folks are starting to get to meet you, but I'm hoping at least you know this is an opportunity for our uh, listener base to get to know you as well because you know I think for so.
2: I appreciate you that uh, having me for the show. I mean, I've been waiting to get on this show for mad long.
0: Time. I it's so, I, was, <laughs> I felt like that was shade when you said it the other day, because I was like, you sure I never asked you to be on the show? But I had to look Not back. You. I've never asked you to come on the show, but you know, you you are... Bruh, you are... You're like... If I could describe you, if you think about Gary V. And how forward-thinking that man is! You're like a Gary V, but like way more educated and a lot easier, a lot nicer to speak to.
1: <laughs> That's a
2: big-ass compliment. Well, I receive it. I receive it.
0: And and the reason I say that is because for years now, right? So we we've we've been we've been kicking it since let's say '09. And since 2009, like, just your viewpoint on media, your viewpoint on creative, you know, once we graduated, you were the first person to tell me in, like, 2010, maybe, is when you started looking at, like, the convergence of screens, and maybe a few years later, that's when you started talking about, you're like... It's not gonna matter what screen you got you got. you're gonna watch whatever you can on whatever screen you got. And so con- so content is going to have to be able to fit to your mobile, your tablet, your TV, whatever. And like we really have to start thinking about that. And this is like before I even got into digital like that. so so you sir are forward thinking, you deserve a bag for the things that you predict. And I'm, I'm hoping that this conversation gives us that opportunity to, to introduce people to to your knowledge and also help to point people in the direction when they're looking for um, for thought leaders on, on media and creative in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So before we do that, as you know, cause I know you've listened to an episode or two, um, we're gonna go ahead and kick off with some dope shit and some ain't shit. Um, For those of you that listen to the show, I feel like it might have been a while since we've done this, but this is where Simeon and I, and if our guests choose to participate, we talk about some really cool shit that we've seen happening in the industry or in culture, or we talk about the really, really, really fucked up shit that we've also seen um, and basically telling people that, you know, if it's fucked up, you're not shit. And this is our opportunity to tell it to you. So I'll kick off with something that I saw that I I felt was dope shit. Um, And that is a recent Geico commercial. So uh, I think it was the other day I was watching TV and there was this Geico commercial of this man. um, And I guess he's coming downstairs to meet his wife for a meeting with their insurance company. But when he comes downstairs in his good shirt and no pants, uh, he notices that the insurance man is in his living room. And basically it's like, damn, I thought this was a video call. And I feel like we've all had that moment at this point where it's like, it is just second nature within five or six months of this pandemic that you just automatically assume every freaking meeting you have, every freaking call you have, whether they say meeting or call, you just assume Zoom yep. or you assume Teams or you assume FaceTime, but whatever it is, you just assume you don't need to wear pants. And I just felt like, A, watching or I felt like watching that commercial like cracked myself up because I'm like, damn, that's a really good capture of culture right now. Like if there was ever a moment to like, what are some what are some ads that came out that really pinpointed what 2021 was? That shit needs to be in the fucking top five. Like, fuck you mean we got a meeting and I don't have pants on, but you got people in my living room. Like, why didn't you tell me? This was in-person, um, but also we're starting to see a lot of ads that are, are turning the corner and focusing on what life is post COVID, uh, COVID's kickoff, if you will, in March, where everything that we're thinking about now is virtual from the, from the way we engage with our family members to the way we engage with our coworkers. Like it's, it's interesting to see how a commercial shot last year, totally different, commercial shot this year, it's about what's that virtual experience like? So shout out to Geico for giving me a huge laugh. I don't know what agency worked on that, but thank you to those creatives who really honed in on the real shit. And that is to to wear pants or not to wear pants. These are daily questions.
1: Word, that's funny as shit. Um, for the record, I'm zoomed the fuck out. I, I hate this shit.
0: You have pants on?
1: Uh, I have shorts on right now, but I'm, I'm just over... <laughs> zoom in general this gotcha. is the worst thing ever
0: sorry friend you can turn your camera off we just we recording audio
1: no i mean this is fine i just feel like i'm on i'm sitting in the same seat like oh. <laughs> all day yeah
0: you gotta switch it up you gotta take people you gotta take us to other parts of your 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 apartment we gotta see all of the spaces you got
1: <laughs> that that got old real quick <laughs> 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 all right is, well, what you got you can only go about so many places in the, pla- in the apartment uh my dope shit is actually more so of a shout out to hollow 561 uh who is our og co-host who dropped a single that we did not get a chance to promote on the show yet but she was it like a month now yeah it's been
0: are- like it's been a few weeks Six 561 has been out with her second single
1: so she dropped a new single, Moisturize and Bless. It's dope. Has a whole video. Uh, you should go stream that shit because she's dope and she's the homie. That's
0: my Absolutely. Baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know the other day uh, she was looking for beauty or cosmetic companies that were Black-owned. So if y'all know of any or you have favorites, definitely tag her in them um, so she can look to partner. And shout out to Hollow 561 all right Steve I, I mean I feel like I feel like we didn't prep you for this but I also know that you're constantly paying attention to what's going on in the world what's some dope shit you've seen or some complete eight shit that you've seen that you'd like to share?
2: Wow um <laughs> um my mind is so geared on uh mobile media so one of the things that uh I saw this year that I thought was amazing. I guess it's not as amazing as something more personal or culture influenced, I guess. But um, uh, Triller, the, the the mobile application, just spent yep. fifty million dollars in order to get the live broadcast of uh, of Tyson versus Roy Jones, which I'm a fan of boxing and I'm a fan of the UFC and kind of seeing that happened as like a mobile platform gaining a $50 million contract that we would have probably seen by like a TV, um, like a HBO or something like that is something that I just thought was crazy. It was dope. It was something that like, you know, um, really resonated with me just because of the past, you know, 10, 11 years, uh, seeing what media has done. Uh, we're, we're actually starting to see it finally, um, find a place of convergence that's that's completely different and not completely different, but definitely different to to see uh mobile media start gaining um leverage like that. So I thought that was dope. $50 million contract on a, on trailer of all places.
0: On trailer um, of all places. I feel like that's that's the dope shit about it. And that I mean that's a really good segue into what we're gonna be talking about because I feel like there are you know, when we started out back in March and everybody was unsure or, or or uncomfortable with their unsureness about what was next, there's a lot of focus on shit that, you know, on, on, on platforms and skill sets and things that we've been focusing on for years. Meanwhile like I said, like building apps, like, okay, well, we'll, we'll, well, this is your opportunity to build your app or this is your opportunity to build your website. And this is your opportunity to learn how to code. And all of those things are great. But one of the things, you know, going back to what you're talking about, one of the things that I find that people miss out on is like content and media in itself is rapidly changing and who has access to kind of own it and lead the charge? I feel like it's the wild, wild west in the most positive way.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And like to get to get a, a, a platform like a trill a, a, a triller tril- a, a to invest a shit ton of money that I didn't even know that they would have into a Tyson fight, quite frankly, which also feels so nostalgic like 50 50 million dollars from mike tyson it's 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 not 1995 like but. it's the year 2020 <laughs> and this widely known but not like widely widely known platform to take that money and to put it into something that seems a little off is kind of like what are we missing what are we missing? What is everybody missing? What does is, what is, what is Triller know that the agencies, the companies, the, the the media enthusiasts of of today are missing? And maybe that's the direction that we should be pointing people in. That's the direction of this, of creative and communications industries in the future. So I agree with that. And also, you know, shout out to Mike Tyson for, you know, 30 years later, still popping. Like, <laughs> like Don Absolutely. King is still out here. Don King owns Triller, I guess. Like that's that's what I need to do. <laughs> <with them>. like, <laughs> how does that work? So I 100% agree with that. And that's who you are. Um, but I think, you know, Sim and I know you. So it's, it's, it's a little weird for us to kind of start in the middle. Let's start here. Yep. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Tell us, you know, from your perspective, who, like, what do you do? And how did you get to do the things that you do?
2: Um, that is definitely a dense. I'll try to be as quick as possible uh, in my answer. But, like, I think I, I, I'm i kind of two things, right? I'm a, a big, bo- I'm one person, but half of me is, like, a passionate director, DP, storyteller. Um, creativity leads my life. Um, that's how I got in to this all. I used to be a business management major when uh, I met you and, um, you know, I ended up doing all the the videos for the homecoming for the next two years. I, I pitched that we should do videos, uh, with Avery Green. And then, um, I, I actually shot, directed and produced, um, the videos with a small team. So, um, that's one half of me, passionate cinema director. Like I love cinema as a craft. Um, um, and the other part of me is an obsess- obsessive, um, I have an obsession about distribution and media. I've had it for a long time. Um, I've always been in the technology. So when I was in the School of B at our university, I took an entrepreneurship class. And um, one of my papers was on this idea that like, well, if content was, if the internet was going in the direction that I saw it going, and content would be ubiquitous and it would also be uh democratized and what does that look like across you know a distribution network um, uh, so those are the things that I was thinking about back in like two thousand eight two thousand nine um and for entrepreneurship class, I was like, yo, it'd be dope to be able to go to a movie and already have." The movie you want to see uh, inside of the movie. You could like create whole situations where it's like, oh, I could go watch an old movie and um, gather up some friends and, and, and we could watch it together. Um, that idea actually was something that a company called Tug actually took on um, later on, years later. But that was like my, that was like the beginning of this obsession of like, yo, where is it going to go? Um, you know, and, yep. and how was it going to look at that point? Netflix was still a DVD um, distributor, right. distributing to to homes, which is a, a actual key into why they are why they became so successful in the transition of that. But um, yeah, that that's really who I am. Like, uh, uh, other than that, like I continue my obsession, and I also continue my passion of creating. So you know. Uh, I've worked with you in, 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 in
0: multiple capacities
2: creative on projects, um, as well as more currently, because of everything that's been happening, I've been getting a lot of phone calls by executives um, of platforms that are interested in uh, strategy, media strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know it was a thing, but um, it actually is something that for me is. You know, it's a good part of the obsession piece of who I am. So, those are the things; those are the areas I cover, uh, I direct and content, and I'm a creator. But I also have uh, a very deep knowledge of distribution uh, from the turn of the century till now. So,
0: hundred um, percent.
2: Those; those are that, the two things.
0: Even in that, you're not even like telling like the, the the more what I find to be some of the more fun things. So. You've been working on a documentary for you you shot directed produced a documentary oh, yeah. recently. I know I know that's still uh in the works, but like yeah. major things you've also you know I think you have been a great case study for me on what it looks like to um hone in hone in on people with transferable skills because specifically to your point. You did not come the traditional route of no. I'm coming into this business I'm a creative you you did what the rest of us who tend to be of color who tend to you know be first generation American do you go to school you study things that your parents say is going to make you money and that's what you graduate in and you were like, this is cute but I'm really good at this stuff over here and you've been able to parlay that into a career to help sustain yourself. For
2: sure. um,
0: so I feel like, I feel like that's something that needs to be mentioned as well. I, def-
2: I definitely hit like coming up in that fashion of, of being on both sides um, understanding uh, how to create what I wanted to create and how to um, basically the, the business of how that you know it gets distributed in, in the tech. those three things, those things weren't together. I mean, I think one of the reasons why um, I've become kind of valuable very quickly is because they're converging now.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: before, it wasn't like that. So the stories of like, you know, the the photographer or the young director or the shooter, I've been on those things and I've had to traverse those those complications of, you know, the lack of diversity and the ad world and, and not being to figure out how i need to move really uh because there's nobody there to to guide me um and i didn't take the traditional routes and in tech at all because technically i came from completely outside that realm mm-hmm. um but you know so i've kind of existed in a space and those were that's why now you know even the idea of me being valuable now is kind of like well I've been in this space for 10 years, and I've been able to kind of exist in my own world and create my own path, which I'm fortunate for. And I hope that, um, you know, in the future, I think I am kind of like a prototype of what the future creator is going to look like. And I think we've seen it already. Um, people who understand how to create will also understand they have power and leverage in what they're creating um, and how that's distributed. So... I think I'm kind of just the, the prototype that it, that lasted long enough to survive, and I know a lot of people haven't. So,
0: a hundred percent. But usually, that. Oh, go ahead, Sam.
1: Yeah. So, in in regards to you being this hybrid professional, how does that play off when you're when you're pitching yourself? Like, do people tend to want to put you in one box? And so, I'm just speaking from through the lens of like if of talking to recruiters or talking to producers who are like looking for someone's very specific for a project do do you feel like being a hybrid um in this i guess you're talking about business increasing but in the past has that been somewhat of a of a barrier to um getting gigs and getting jobs
2: absolutely and um it's funny because kai has been there for for a lot of that but like it's been definitely a barrier. I've had a, I've had a hard time, man. Like I've had a hard time coming up um, and I've had to find ways to um, at times I needed to not speak Um, at times I have been shunned because the person that I'm talking to that maybe wants to hire me or what have you uh, as a creator um, you know, they find out that, you know, then my knowledge base may be a little bit more in depth than their position. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that has put me in the places where, you know, uh, I've been called arrogant and and stuff like that. And and, and at the time I could only, you know, you think about like, maybe I was, maybe I wasn't, I'm not sure, but I I know at the time, I just wanted to, uh, you know, create and make sure that I had like some food on the table. So um, those things were very apparent to me and I had to reflect Deeply had to do a lot of self reflection because of those things, because you don't see those things. It's not till later on that someone comes to me and, like, yo, just wanted to let you know this is really what the situation was. Uh, so I've, that's why I said, like, I've, I've really battled a lot of the battles that I think Black creatives uh, face, as well as just innovators. I think, you know, the Black community, uh, the cultural community at, at large has many, many innovators that don't get seen. Uh, and don't survive long enough because they're just not cultured to do that. Um, so I think I was able to kind of traverse my path with a lot of support um, from friends and family and professionals like Kai, who who as they grow, they remember who I am. And I'm able to kind of continue, uh, you know, my path. But yeah, it was definitely compartmentalized. It was definitely difficult for anyone to place me anywhere. Uh, and I've had to face the the you know I've had to face that and that has been difficult. So when I pitch myself, I tend to compartmentalize what I'm giving. So for okay. example, right now I'm I'm represented as a director of DP, uh, but you know some of the you know I the the company that represents me I may you know talk about vertical content and bringing in a client. And that turns me into something that's a little bit more valuable to them, but also something that is like, well, am I talking to, you know, the director DT or am I talking to this guy who is about to bring in, you know, what would be a substantial contract? Um, and that just puts me into a, a, a difficult place. I kind of the other day that I think like the closest thing that I can relate myself to uh, is kind of like a, uh, and by no means am I uh, as accomplished, but like go
0: ahead and you know, talk a, your shit. A,
2: a Pharrell, a Pharrell, or um, right. you know a, a, a Timber, somebody who is the artist and who also knows how to actually make the work, so they have more leverage. And because I'm that in the video world, very kind Kanye.
0: Very early Kanye, it's like, you know that you have all of these, you know, pre out here running, trying to fuck up an election, Kanye, but like (laughs) out here when Kanye was like, I know music so well, you got to let me do it all. And everybody was like, nah, G, chill, you just the producer. It's like, yes, but I produce, I arrange, I rap, I design, I do everything. And it's kind of like, how do you pitch that? So so go ahead.
1: It's crazy because, you know, those are the the people and the traits that we celebrate in the creative world. But then when it comes to hiring people who do, who aren't big names, who do this, who do similar things, that's where, you know, people, it's, it's hard for them to understand how you fit into the equation.
0: And I feel like a lot of that has to do with this concept that um, I spoke to somebody else about. It's kind of like you always, in general, as humans, we always want people to validate our understanding of life. So if your understanding of life is just that someone, you are a creative or you are a business person or you are a something, you know, a a media person, like it's really hard to expand your level of of understanding to say that person can be, those people can actually be one person. And so I find that it is really hard to, to show people that, you know you're flexible. You do a lot. You're a maverick. You are a creator in its most vast uh, 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 explanation or definition. And and I feel like that's you. The reason why I'm excited to to talk to you and like also like sh- you know sharing your story is important is because I want to make sure that people understand, especially those that ever come to our show, that like we know real creators. And we're not just here, like, especially as like people of culture, culture keepers. I described myself on uh, Stoop55, which is another platform that Stephen owns the other day as a culture keeper. Um, But we go way far beyond just creating it like we have perspective on it. And so I want I want you to share your perspective on what is happening right now. Um, you're talking about distribution. I'm coming from it, you know, understanding that you're really kind of pioneering the 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 world and the the sh- the strategy behind vertical content. Like, what do you think the future of the creator looks like? Like, what is next for those that are creators? And also, tell us who can be a creator. Let's start there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess you know. Anyone could be a creator. I, I, I think that um, I, I I'll say this. I, I asked myself the question and you know, after hearing uh, kind of like where I came from and, and what I am, uh, there was a point in time where, you know, I completely understand especially what um, Tim was talking about, like, you know, they don't know where to put you. And when I started to ask the question like, yo, where would someone like me exist in the future? is really when I started to think about, um, uh, pay attention to how convergence in media was working because it was this thing where, you know, I already knew, I mean, think of like a YouTube. Um, and I think when people think of creators and stuff like that right now, we directly think user generated content and directly to, you know, uh, a YouTube or, you know, right now Twitch is hot because of live the democratization of live broadcasting um but you know just the same i i think that you know we've seen we've seen creators uh, go cross platforms successfully right we've seen snoop Dogg uh go from a rapper to uh becoming a voice um mm-hmm. uh, and now he has a, a, a apple music radio station um mm-hmm. we've seen people who are able to harness what is happening in the culture and be able to use their talents in order to put that into a media format, uh, in which they can reach people. And I think when you think of it like that, Netflix is like that.
0: You mentioned that earlier. Netflix is the perfect example of that.
2: Exactly. And I think that, um, from a creator standpoint, um, that's that's to say that I think we're seeing examples of what the future creator is already. We're seeing, um, uh, people go, you know, right now you have TikTok, um, which is one of the fastest mobile growth, uh, mobile media platforms um, in the game right now, obviously. And you see people, uh, creators, making their bread off of it. I mean, mm-hmm. plain and simple, they're making basically, you know, a living off of it. Shout out so to So I Hollywood think that, fun. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that exactly, exactly, dro- dropping her singles on it. Um, and they just picked up uh, another company in which they're distributing new music directly to. The that's There's the
0: that's the one with United Masters. That's that one. Exactly, exactly.
2: That one? So um, that, in a sense, is like, well, it's not just me. It's just the future is in the creator's hands. Yep. Now, the question is: to, is why is that? And I think that's where we start getting into the nooks and crannies um, of distribution and the democratization of not just um, of not just content in let's say format like live broadcasts or being able to you know take a photo or a video or what have you but you know 2007 uh the iPhone came out yeah uh 2007 was for us not that long ago It was it was Years ago, but as far as the 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 turn of what we've seen from the turn of the century, uh, as uh, you know, media continues to grow. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that kind of turn within such a short span of time, where we have a device, uh, a new device, actually take ubiquity across the world as the main device. That's major.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: two thousand seven, everyone was able to have a camera in their hand, a creating device in their hand. And I think that has been something that is um, is has just changed how everything occurs. It's changed the ability of the creator. And that's not just people making stuff on YouTube, but we see it in uh, entertainment and film industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we see creators like Shonda Rhimes getting $800 million in order to switch from one environment ABC to another environment Netflix, so I think we're 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 seeing it ripple in many factors. It's not just uh, in one industry actually. Like we're seeing it across the board, and um, you know, the big telecom companies buying up the major media companies is a great example of convergence happening at a at a rate that is uh, extremely rapid. And it
0: feels like they do it. It feels like they do these things, right? Like we rarely do we get a chance to talk about these things on the show, but these are definitely things that I think we all think about. you got to follow where the money's going, right? When people are making investments in things that technically make no sense, either because we don't understand it or it seems so simple, you got to figure that there's something that maybe maybe somebody has enough foresight to see some shit that I may not be aware of. And I think that a lot of like that experience comes from that 2000 to 2007 time because that's also, what was it? AOL and Warner merged around that time. Mm -hmm. That was also, and it's like, why? Why why do you need AOL to merge? It's because because the internet's expanding and how Mm -hmm. we distribute information on the internet is important to to keep track of. You know, screens are expanding. So Apple was like, fuck it, we don't wanna just be a a telecom company where you're just making calls. We actually need to get in the game of visual because people are spending a lot of time watching TV. How do we get some of those eyes on what they're doing? It wasn't just that they wanted a bigger phone, it's that they wanted more of your attention. And that's Mm -hmm. why, because remember, right before that was the Razer device. Shout out to Motorola trying to bring that back, right? Right before that was the Razor, where it was like, oh, everybody wants their their phone smaller. Everybody wants their phone thinner. And then Apple is like, nah, gee, we about to make this big joint right here. Because you want people's attention while everybody was going in the opposite direction. So now here we are, which is, you know, a lot of what um, you're talking about, a lot of what you've been paying attention to is we're seeing platforms like a a Triller, we're seeing, fuck it, net neutrality, like net neutrality laws. Like let's, let's throttle internet. Well, well, why, why does it matter? If you're not actually going to throttle our internet speeds, then why are we worried about whether or not there's a policy for it? And it's because of what you just said, the democratization of a creativity, and premium creativity and the democratization on, of of distribution of that creativity to make to there in therein make yourself a brand or to build to use yourself as an entrepreneurial uh channel. Power. And I feel like people miss that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when you're when you're talking about it, what just came to mind is like you're just you're describing power. And so it is power. We're always going to they now. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but people are always going to try to regulate power. And so that's, that feels like that's what's, what's happening right now. So so, uh, Steve, when, when it comes to the democratization of, of all of this, do you see any negative effects for professional creatives like yourself who are actually, um, who make money off of, Creating videos, uh, as opposed to competing against people who are on TikTok, and now they have, you know, they've been creating videos for a few months, and now they're they're becoming the authority in those spaces.
2: Yeah, not. I mean, not at all. Not at all. Um, in actual fact, um, and and that's the thing, right? Um, when you talk about they, uh, and you don't necessarily need to sound like a conspiracy theorist, because in actual fact. There has been um, between, for example, uh, Bell, what was Bell Atlantic, uh, and the government. There's been constant um, uh, delineation between centralization of our telephones and decentralization. So at the beginning of radio, there it was decentralized. You had a whole bunch of different kinds of people creating all kinds of different kinds, uh, all, all kinds of radio, and you know. As, you know, the government got involved and regulations got involved, you started to see a centralization of not just the not just even, you know, the radio, but actual like the bandwidth of radio, who can make what on what frequency. And that was a big that was a big portion of centralizing um, from coast to coast. Um, It really made the pathways for the telephone and so on and so forth, so um or telephone made the the pathway for broadcast and so on and so forth. Right. so what we're seeing right now is kind of like, yo, there is a democratization that they can't necessarily centralize just yet, but I'll say that T-Mobile, which technically is the same company as Bell Atlantic. Uh, grown over time. Uh, When they say 5G is nationwide, that is technically centralized uh, idea of what we're going to see in the future. Now, the the thing is, is that they can't necessarily, like that is why you get net neutrality, uh, the necessity for policy. So when you talk to me about like, yo, you know, are you afraid of like the TikTok or do you think it changes the game of professionals? Not at all. I mean, at the end of the day, you know um more creators creating continues to give creators the leverage so i may not make a premium piece of content that is ad quality on um on tiktok but like it doesn't really matter either like i can go to another environment and that's kind of the key and that's why um i've been specializing in vertical content because truthfully um like, people use platforms, and it's almost an old term. An app is almost an old yeah. term. We're it talking about old. being able... If you don't let we're, a
0: client come to you and be like, I want an app. You'd be like, why?
2: Yeah, <laughs> like... For what? <laughs> we're talking about being able to continuously provide for digital environment, And that's how we need to think of it, especially as the culture, because uh, we lead most conversations in every environment. So... To be able to show up to any environment um, for me, especially being, you know, I've made content on a phone and I've made content on a Ari Alexa or, you know, a a Epic Red Dragon, which we shot the documentary on. Um, You know, I'm well equipped in the video lane. Like I came up on the digital sensor. That's what got me into the game. And that's why I had the ability without having to use film to understand how to expose and to really use the camera as a means in order to create whatever I wanted to. Um, those things kind of equip me in the future well, right? But the convergence of those things are just happening. So right. when I spe- when I went to specialize in vertical content specifically, I knew that people hadn't been creating specific content for the mobile device. And the mobile device as of 2007 is the... the biggest, quote-unquote, uh, game-changer in computer technology uh, that we're going to see in a while. Um, the Internet of Things is real, and the mobile device is the most important Internet of Things. So you're talking about, um, you know, you have your Apple TVs and you have your watch. There was a time period when we saw, you know, the physical, the physical technology expand and all these companies started making sure they have patents and stuff like that. And that's why you see a lot of patent wars in hardware game, right? Yep. But now we're seeing patent wars in the software game. And that's really based upon the platform or what I'm calling the environment. So the evolution of that is to now, like, I doubt you're going to make a, I don't think we're going to see a big change in hardware. I think people will. You know, for the next uh, 20 years, I think we're going to consistently see um, computer chips going into new things like the the AirPod that I have now. But I don't think we're going to see a major change in hardware uh, as far as platform goes or environment. These platforms are now environments. So right. when you think of Facebook, I don't think of Facebook as a platform. I think of Facebook as Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook. Right. That is. The beginnings ecosystem. Of a exactly. It becomes
0: a full ecosystem and how you engage with it is what's changed. And I think going back to what I said earlier, where it's like, you know, we got to look at we got to look at everything that 2020 has given us, even the even the bullshit. Right. As as a moment to pivot. And I think a lot of the way we've been looking at technology, creativity, defining who's a creator and what that means, um, etc., shifts right now because people are going to need like essentially what's going to happen as it does with every recession is that there is a new market that that opens up mm-hmm. and what you want to do when there's a new market that opens up is that you if 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 you are in a space where you want to democratize or be a part of the democratization of a new uh, a, a new work stream you got to be at the head of that And to your point, being at the head of that is not necessarily let's invent the new thing we watch things on. It's can you communicate culture? Can you communicate content that distributes culture? And where and how do you do that? Because everybody doesn't need to go on TikTok. You can actually create an audience or build an audience on Instagram, on a Snapchat, even on a Facebook, even on a Facebook in the middle of of a boycott, you can still build an audience on a Facebook and make money off of that on a YouTube. And I feel like that, what you're talking, what we're speaking about right here is what people are missing, is that don't necessarily worry about upskilling yourself to be the next inventor. How do you innovate on content that you already know how to create and use that to build your audience? Because what we talked about the other day is that the money isn't necessarily in the hardware and not necessarily in the software either, but, ra- either, but rather in the data that mm-hmm. you get from honing in on an audience.
2: Absolutely, nail on head. I couldn't have said it better. Like we're in we're the age that we're in, we're in the information age, right? We right. inherited the future. Like think about it for a second. We inherited the future the future that we used to see on movies and stuff like that. Yo, when 2020, 20, the Jetson, we to inherited to that. <laughs> All
0: the dudes I be seeing on segways out yeah, here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that takes, when you think of it in that manner, it starts to take you into a position. It's like, okay, well, what is culture in the future then? How do we, how do we continue to move culture forward in the future? And being uh, in a space of information in the information age, we are talking about data is more valuable than the dollar. And that is something that we have to get used to. We have to start thinking about, especially uh, from creatives to, to the business of ads and stuff like that. You're, you're talking about, well, what is your goal here? Because mm-hmm. some of the, the mostly the, the telecom companies, the big media companies right now, Uh, that are dealing with advertisers, you know, uh, or anybody for that matter, they care about the data. What can you bring in as far as the information on your people? Uh, And obviously, we're in a capitalist society, so they have to make sure that they continue to make money. But in a time period like this, where there's a large gap, a lot of people are making a large sum of money, and a lot of people are losing money very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the time that we need to invest in innovation. This is a time that we need to really rise up uh, on the in-between and make sure that we uh, gain a little piece of the pie, right? This, how do we make sure that we innovate and insulate our data as much as we can and take advantage of it? I mean, um especially if we started. I mean, we mm-hmm. talked the other day about hip hop.
0: Hip hop, um, exactly.
2: You know, this is this is a, this is a similar time to early nineties. And I think it's interesting that people are going back to the nineties well, from it's a the culture recession. standpoint. We're
0: in the middle of a recession. We're in the middle of a cultural uproar as it relates to race and gender. We're at a place where there's a distrust for government and society as a whole. We're at a point where, to your point, what you just said, There's a shit ton of people making a lot, a lot, a lot of money and a lot more people that are losing everything that they ever had. It is literally I mean, I don't I don't I'm I don't do drugs, but I imagine that, you know, this opioid pandemic pandemic. Or, or or epidemic and K two epidemic and all of these things you know mm-hmm. that are seeding in urban communities that also helps. So it's a lot of it's a lot of the same bullshit that we we know to be true from the eighties, from the early eighties, late seventies, early eighties that are happening right now. And mm-hmm. with that, for me, that's what that's the trigger to innovation. And for me, that's also like one of the biggest reasons why. I thought it was important for us to have a conversation like this on this show because, I've, and, and, and now I'm on a tangent, but I'll come back. It'll, it, the dots will connect, right? A lot of times, we spend a lot of time in the conversation of diversity and inclusion, talking about what we need to teach Black people, mm-hmm. what we need to teach people of color we need to teach people how to do their resumes. We need to teach people how to use jargon. We need to teach people how to get a job, how to keep a job. How do you talk to your manager on the job? And I've always, and and Sim, you know this, I know you felt like this in the past also, it's always like, well, why do we always gotta teach us? Like, we are not stupid. It's not like we're not like educated people. It's not like we don't know things, but the difference is a lot of times due to just the way society works, Black people, particularly, and I can only speak for those that live in the Western Hemisphere, have traditionally had to be natural-born born innovators and creators.
2: Mm-hmm. We
0: have to make everything we, including our entertainment, we have to make everything we know. We have to build our own uh, h- historical reference of ourselves. We have to craft that for those of us that you know that have family that were. Uh, descendants of the diaspora. You had to build your own historical context. You have to learn how to code switch between worlds. You've had to build your own, uh, you know, recipes and, and uses for X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, this is perfect time for Black people to get rich and other people who feel disenfranchised to get rich. Because the thing that's making money right now is your ability to make something. Mm-hmm. Can you make something with your own wit, with your own point of uh your own point of knowledge? And that's content.
2: Yes, content, content, content is a drug right now of the nineties. If you were a dope boy it's in the nineties,
0: you gotta and it was like, yo content. you gotta be
2: out there selling this shit because that's what you need to do. You need to make your bread or whatever, not condoning it by any means. But today in this thing content. Uh,
0: The slinging content, content.
2: yeah. If you're not making content right now, you're you're just not interested um, in 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 be like in making money and 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 doing it in in that standpoint. Like of the culture right now, you should be making content. Period, Mm -hmm. because that's the best investment that you're going to make. Especially because content is also the long tail of content is starting to increase. Not only are we watching, it's almost absurd right now to think like, oh, well. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm watching Netflix all day, right? That's not absurd. Uh, but once before, uh, you know, Netflix, I, I'll give you an example so that we can, uh, gather the audience into a place of where we're thinking. In 2011, Netflix lost 800,000 subscribers, decreasing the stock price to $9.12 a share. As of April 2020, Netflix stock is $424.99 a dollar. I mean, uh, uh, dollars per share. Right. So we're talking about a drastic shift over approximately, you know, nine to 10 years um, of being like, yo, it's crazy to be on your computer all day. And now it's like, well, you're not necessarily – you know, at your computer, but you'll watching Netflix all day.
0: Right. Computers so this, don't even have a disc compl- right. like There's nowhere right. to play a disc.
2: <laughs> right. And that, and that's that, that's that, that's that stat is from the, the preface of my ebook uh, on vertical cinema. But um, that idea, that idea itself is what we're seeing again.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We're seeing that yo, a lot more people are on, yo, you're on your phone all day. Mm-hmm. You're watching, you're watching stuff on your phone all day. You're on your phone more than you even look at your, your, I, I make the differentiation between your first and your second screen. Mm-hmm. Your first screen is with you. You're on it. You're engaging with it a lot more than your second screen. And some people don't have second screen. Yeah. So I think when we talk about to so the culture, and I know this show is about accountability and I definitely want to say this as, Uh, being a part of the culture, and especially if you are a part of the African-American culture in America specifically, um, this, I would hold everyone accountable for noticing that our attention and the content that you create is now being uh, 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 taken in from the mobile device first and foremost. And when we think of the uh, distribution, we've never had an opportunity like this. We've never had an opportunity where most people in the world, um, uh, there's 3.3 billion phones in the world uh, as we stand, smartphones specifically. This is not even actual, just regular phones. This is smartphones. Um, We've never had such a ubiquitous device uh, that is on people and been able to actually distribute direct to consumer as we have it today. So as Black people, uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, we created... Uh, this culture of hip hop uh, that had rap and R&B and all these things that that came up through through music, but we didn't have a way to distribute um, uh, and that's where we got uh, locked in uh, a lot of people made money for sure and a lot of people had careers in music, but when it shifts. Are those careers still there? And they, and they were the
0: commercialization of it. Once, exactly. we, once we needed to once we needed to find a way to distribute this thing that we were making because we knew that the shit we were slaying was making money. You had to take it to the larger uh, holding companies or parent companies for them to distribute for you. And that so, that's what Jay Z has been mad about since the Blueprint.
2: For sure, and that's exactly what when you see a, a, a title or what have you. That is an in-between attempt, right, in order to kind of get into a game that actually is already a billion-dollar game. Now we're starting to see this billion-dollar game. I mean, the fight is vicious right now. The mergers that are happening, um, we're seeing Mark Zuckerberg sit in front of Congress. That is major. The last time this happened was, you know, the, the head of Bell Atlantic at the time sitting in front of Congress drawing you know uh broadcast and telephone Uh, even internet um they tried to suppress the internet in 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 a real way uh because it would it would really uh compete with the with the business model of of having a centralized model so we're now in a space where we're seeing okay well now if we pay attention close enough and hold ourselves accountable of the the keepers of culture we are the generation that has to take into account that we need to not only make the content, make it hot, speak about it, because we're we going to make it hot anyway. That's what we do, even though we're 13% of the population. But we also have to be in the, the perspective to go, we can also distribute this wherever we want. Yeah. This is going to last 20, 30 years. Um, these little YouTubes I'm making are going to, my kids will be able to see them So what am I doing to make sure that I protect myself, whether that means, and and you're seeing it a lot more, you're seeing the term partnership a lot more, right? Um, Because truthfully, we're in a unique space that also the big boys, the big players, the billion trillion dollar media industry has to have more content, but they don't want to actually purchase or always invest in it. I mean, Netflix operates at a loss for that reason, right? Because they know we got to make the content. Um, it's also why the the woman that made, I may destroy you, um, her name. Kayla
0: Cole. Kayla
2: Cole. So she was able to leverage the idea that she has the content. She is, she is writing her story into history. And she has the ability and the leverage at this point, right here in 2020, to go, you know what? I see you, Netflix. We've done it before. But I'm going to go to HBO because they're going to give me the deal. You yeah. don't see that. That's major. That is a major, major, major change.
0: And I think the key key to that before we switch over to vertical, because I want you to talk about vertical. Right. Okay. But The key to what you just said, if there's any takeaway from this, is that as a you need to create content. If you do anything with this time that we have, it's learn how to create content, whether it's on your Instagram or whether it's on your computer or whatever. But content is 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 beyond King. I don't know what's bigger than King. It's whatever Trump thinks he is. That's actually what content is, right? The other thing is that when making these deals for those that are out here really leaning into influencership, because that's what we've been calling content makers these days, influencers. They're not just influencers. These are content creators is that when you're making your deals, definitely pay attention to these distribution clauses because it's not necessarily like this there's an opportunity to repurpose your content for on another channel for more money. And that that's where this content this concept of distribution where you distribute it and who owns the data w- with that content that gets distributed, that's where the money is. So I feel like those are things that people really need to pay attention to. Let's pivot. So I think we got like another 15 minutes. Let's pivot to vertical because vertical is the thing that like, this is like, this is like the thing that nobody really thinks about. They're kind of thinking about it. You see it with how, you know, the platforms or the environments rather are, are really starting to capitalize on this concept of stories. But what that means is that there's a new way to visualize how we consume content. And everybody's not putting their eggs, any eggs in those baskets right now. Why should people be focusing on vertical content right now?
2: I mean, I I think I spoke about it a little bit. Um, We have a device out. Content format always changes because of a few things. One main thing has always been the technology. Um, When you think about format, and and this is what gives me an interesting perspective, being someone who came up with the digital sensor and being a fan of uh, you know uh, of cinema, um, I know that like you know the when TV came out and TV was in a one eight five format, right? That's the actual ratio of the format. Um, uh, movie decided to go like, yo, well, we need to keep people in the theater, so we're gonna make you know um, a, a different kind of format two three five, which is You know a super wide ratio we see a lot of things in that format today uh constantly you'll see a thriller in that format or what have you um and as we continue to watch it we see formats change uh uh, towards the devices that we're watching it on so when you're watching like your netflix or whatever it'll be 16.9 right like the ratio is 16.9 um uh, even new, new, uh, really new formats that are coming up that existed in let's say the early '90s are like 2.0, uh, uh, which is literally a a ratio that is kind of in between the two, three, five, and the and the and the six, nine uh, for you know your 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 screen that you'll watch at home. So we're seeing this that you know the device changes the format yet we have one of the most ubiquitous devices in the world, 3.3 million people, yet we haven't really natively fed creativity and fed content into a native format for the phone. So this is where we see the idea of like vertical and native vertical content. You can switch up your content and that's what a lot of people uh, have been doing. But with the idea that the people that you reach on your first screen may not come to the second screen. So then, what are we providing for people on their first screen? Uh, and when you think about the mobile device, you have to think completely different. We're talking about short, shorter form content. TikTok uh, makes the, you have creators making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on TikTok, and TikTok is three to five second videos or, or what have you. These are super short videos. Um, that idea itself is kind of like, okay, well, maybe you should think about it. But the idea that not only is it the format, but the actual internet is changing. Mm-hmm. So the internet is, we grew up on the internet and it has grown continuously.
0: You're not asking the, ASL no more.
2: Right. And in and, and, and the next phase of what we're doing um, in 2018, YouTube changed their indexing to mobile first. That is major. That mm-hmm. is major. That's a major sign that the tech companies, the people who uh, create these environments, are moving towards focusing on your first screen as opposed to your second screen. Yeah. Now, those people don't necessarily always talk to entertainment. They don't always, you know, they talk to ads, uh, the advertising community, because, and that's where you're seeing advertising come into play um, with being able to shift. Into vertical, you've yep. been seeing advertisements that wow. are vertical. Um, the, the digital years. out of yeah, the digital OOH market. When you look in in the city, you're starting to see digital billboards that are vertical. They they may be in like a three two format as opposed to a sixteen or uh, a nine sixteen or a two three format instead of a nine sixteen. But you're starting to see it more and more because the vertical format is a utilitarian format of the, of our of our current presence in our future that is what the younger generation the younger generation doesn't care about uh, uh, keyboards and computers like that uh, at least for the traditional sense they care about being able to access it immediately on the device that's on hand and most of the time there i keep calling it a first screen i asked a group of executives a meeting with a group of executives a couple weeks ago and they were asking me about what's going on right now and they were like are you sure about like?" Uh, vertical is gonna work because you know we don't know about Quibi and da da da, which I have multiple things to say. But I ask them a simple question: What is the first screen that you go to when you wake up? Yep. And and I think you sleep most with your people. your phone in your bed. <laughs> yeah, most people. <laughs> most people, unfortunately, and it does bring an, an idea of like, okay, so how do we behave with this? is very important. And I think that we're seeing um, like a, a Jack Dorsey at Twitter really start to consider. Um, he, I read an article the other day that said, you know, he wished he had a game series uh, when he was developing Twitter because he wants to know how these small changes affect, you know, uh, the larger uh, conversation. How does it affect society at large? And I think that's what we're going to continue to see, not only from, the environments, uh, AKA platforms, but from leaders of those environments, you're gonna start seeing them be a lot more um, less rigid and really build in a a systems kind of thinking that we're gonna continue to add to the system. In the future, what this means for the culture and black folk at large is that we have an opportunity that we are going to see, you know, AI explode, AI is programmed.
0: That's what comic is so, telling us.
2: <laughs> so in the in the in the next five to 10 years, we're going to see the precipice of what culture and what were they thinking when they started to program these things that run my life. Mm-hmm. So in 20 years, when they're like, yo, where was the culture at then? We are it. So mm-hmm. we have to definitely hold ourselves accountable to the fact that not just in the idea of uh, getting into vertical, which I I, I'm, I tell people a lot, just because as Black folks, you know, I you know, I got to tell a, a quick story. When I was in, I'm making a documentary uh, called A uh on a platform that I created uh, that I co-founded with Gavin Webb called 255. We follow the African American ER doctor into the rural Bukinjira, Uganda, um, to see uh, how he interacted. Uh, with the people, he was there for a resident, uh, a residency, and he was running an emergency care department that was new. They didn't have an emergency care department there before, um, so it's it's an interesting topic. But when I was there, we were shooting these kids, and they were like breakdancing, and I was like, damn, where, where did they find this? Is I'm like, where did they find out how to break dance? And they pulled out their phone and they had this mm-hmm. downloaded video. I think most people have seen, actually, of Mm. this, like, white lady, like, showing people how to break dance. And it- it, The one that was doing
0: the hip-hop, the hip-hop Yeah. With your baggy jeans, like, you make it hip-hop. And I was
2: like, it it rattled my brain because here I am, you know, in rural Rukunjiri, Uganda. This is not, like, a major city. This is, like, in farmland, Uganda. And these kids wanna break dance and they think, you know, I mean, there were like twenty-five kids want, you know, breakdancing and all this and they're looking at a piece of content on how to break dance that we would laugh at. Mm-hmm. I pulled out my phone and I just went to I went to like a YouTube and just pulled up some dudes break some black dudes breakdancing and a little bit of historical footage of like the nineties break dancing. And they looked at me, they looked at it in awe, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, And I think that for me, there was multiple levels to that incident. But the idea that when I say we are writing ourselves in history, you are creating content right now. And that is the equivalent to writing yourself in history right now. Yeah. Uh, So that later on, when people look it up, it's like, yo, boom, that I could find out what the truth and the authenticity is of the history. We have benefited from that uh, just because the 90s wasn't too long ago, but think about how much space in between there will be in the next you know, uh, decade or two in between the advance of technology. So it's very important right now. Um, I know we don't have a lot of time. I wanted to say that, but that, that one thing, that one story really resonated with me and the fact of like, yo, how can we get content to kids like this uh, in the other side of the world? If they don't have, they only have one TV on the campus, but they have multiple phones uh, Uh, and and multiple smartphones at that. Um, So when I think about vertical content and getting back to mobile media, that is the, that is the advantage. And when you see a, uh, an environment like Triller, uh, uh, spend 50 million on a, uh, mobile first platform and obviously that they, they are likely to not just be vertical but also horizontal um but when they make that kind of investment um right. a mobile first platform makes a kind of investment into what vertical or live broadcasting where we need to pay attention when yep. versus versus went from IGTV, and then they did a deal with Apple Music, yep. which makes sense, and people may may love watching it on their TV for that reason, but, you know, there's questioning. It's like, yo, okay, well, then could this have been, and we talked about this too, uh, and I guess it, it, you know, I hope that it happens in the future, but could we take a live broadcast and put it on a title? Yeah. Can we put it in the environment that we exist in,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: can we create an environment, a digital environment, that we can exist in and continue to amplify our content? And the, the answer is yes, um, especially now. And not just because of the internet and the ability, but the fact that it is actually more advantageous for the big media companies to do so. So when you're thinking about it, this is not just the perfect time because we have access to, and not everyone has access to internet, mind you, but we have access to the tools, it's also the fact that, okay, we have access to the tools and they want us to do this because mm-hmm. it benefits them. It benefits them for us to make content and for them not to be locked into a content deal and have to pay more money to just license it. Yeah. And if we know that this, this, this content is going to last uh, a certain amount of time, then making content right now and being able to distribute it and starting to think about, you know, every company right now uh, should be thinking about their their mobile media. How are they operating their mobile-first platforms? And that's where you're seeing a lot of digital, um, the digital parts of companies come in and uh, really, you know, um, really look at this space, but understand that uh, it, it, it's making them a lot of money. They call it social media right now, and they call them influencers right now, but later on, they'll be calling them creators. Later on, they'll be calling them producers and executive yeah. producers and giving them $800 million to, to write and write themselves in the history. That's, yeah. You've already seen it happen. So you, you're, you're, it's, it's happening. So the, the vertical revolution is happening. The mobile media game is actually turning up to something that is like small. Now it's not equatable to the trillion dollar me, uh, mobile media. I mean the media industry But it gives us a great amount of leverage because it's the first place that these companies are getting our data. It's the first place that they're understanding who we are and what the culture is about.
0: 100%. And it's funny because I remember, and some I don't know if you ever had this experience working in the agencies, like maybe five, six years ago, arguing with clients about whether or not to build responsive sites so that people could access them on their phone and really having to like, like having data and showing them like, this is the direction it's going. And then being like, nah, I don't think that people are gonna wanna book a ticket on their phone. So let's just leave the travel website on the computer. And here we are. And I can't tell you how many trips that I've just booked on a whim from my phone, especially (laughs) if I've been drinking, right? You know what I'm saying? So like, I think this is important information. We definitely want, I definitely personally wanted to have this, this conversation because i feel like these are the kinds of conversations and this is the kind of knowledge that opens up opportunities yes for people of color but definitely for black people cuz it's like you may not necessarily be traditionally trained in this in this in this industry that quite often shits on us and quite often likes to make us feel like we're not uh um smart but meanwhile like everybody i know knows how to entertain their followers, their audience on their phone, and recognizing that that in itself is not a budding industry. Like, we're not calling it an industry yet, but, like, that in itself is about to be an industry because if everyone, if the same tool that you use to consume entertainment or content is the same tool you use to make that content, then that is what we need to be paying attention to. And that is where we need to be upskilling ourselves because that's where to where to your point, that's where the power is. And you also get to track the data yourself. That's where the power is for everybody. So for me, this was a great conversation.
1: It was definitely, it's a lot, it's a lot to consume. But I, I the thing that stands out the most to me about this is um, this is just how we tend to think in general out of, out of survival and out of necessity of thinking about where we're going to fit into the future. Um, and so that's why I love this conversation because the whole idea of like Afrofuturism is about our survival and our preservation and our thriving. So kudos to you for bringing this, this to the masses because everybody should be thinking about where, they, where they're gonna be in the next one to five to 10 years.
0: Absolutely.
2: So, I I appreciate y'all for having me, and I hope that you said you said something that that is correct about uh, fitting in for sure. But I, I think one of the main points that I want to get to people is that we have an opportunity to create it as we've done before, but we have the opportunity and this time to own it. And that's something that we just didn't have before. We have always been, to Kai's point earlier, we've always been uh, innovating, and we'll pro- likely will going to be the innovators of this time. Uh, coming from 2020, when they when they look back in the history books, you'll see a versus, you'll see one of the first major live broadcasts uh, from a mobile device uh, happening in 2020, uh, and it's. From the culture, so what does that say about us? If uh, you know, five to ten years from now, we see a versus like uh, event mm-hmm. happening that goes for millions of dollars, and we don't we don't have any way of of, of owning ourselves around I think that.
0: All our '90s creds, yeah. all our '90s Family. nostalgia,
2: but like,
0: none of us at the table to, to green light. No to Vanilla Ice. Exactly. Yes to Ice Cube.
2: You know Exactly.
0: Understand? exactly. That's important. So yep. before we sign off, I want to make sure that people know, you know, people that were able to follow along to the end. Like this is a, for me, this is a really important episode because it's a learning opportunity. Where how do people find out, get involved with your content? How do people hmm. reach you? What are yeah. what do people need to know?
2: My my last name is my everything. At S M A. L L W A R N E R is my everything. My Twitter, my that's my IG, all of that. That is my my brand. Um, and following me as like a director DP is the same thing. Stephen Small Warner, S M um, W R is my 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 the brand that you may see before you see me. And um, that's it. That's you know, it's it's just my last name. So one Stephen word
0: five, no one. How do they check that out?
2: Oh, I gotta talk about my fault. I'm glad you said that. Uh, two fifty. Where would y'all be without me? <laughs> my fault. My fault. And, and Gavin. And Gavin would be so mad if I didn't. If I didn't mention two fifty five. We're in the. We're in the process of uh, finishing up the post production on a Gundy, um, a, the documentary I was saying earlier. And we also, for the last twenty one weeks, we've been able to take the doctor, uh, a black ER doctor, from that and have him do a live every week. So we've been doing a weekly live show on Stoop 55 every Thursday at 8 p.m. That's at Stoop underscore 55 on IG. What I do with that is I actually amplify um, the broadcast onto Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. And that is a part of the future that we're talking about, being able to amplify your content into other environments. So uh, Stoop 55, definitely check that out. That's a a, a great platform. I would call it more like um, uh, the, uh, an authentic news source uh, with uh, people are people who are authentic on the front lines giving you real, like, unbiased uh, opinions on what they do. So we've not only interviewed um, uh, the ER doctor, but he has gone on to interview uh, politicians who have won uh, district and state uh senate who have been doing the work as well as other er doctors who are on the front lines of covid seeing it every day um uh yeah and even uh some of the topics that there was a we had a show last week on black mothers that was exceptional uh and black mothering specifically since it affects us so those are the those are that's the platform that's the platform that uh i definitely want people to check out before even they check out me
0: Absolutely, it sounds like you yourself, you are an ecosystem, you are an environment. you've got all of these things going on, but like not its definitely not a jack of all trades master of none i would I would say from the outside looking, you've mastered a lot from the theory of creative business to the practice of it um to the distribution of the information within it. and so i commend i I continue to commend you for everything that you bring to. Uh, these creative industries. I, I appreciate you for your authenticity. And thank you so much for joining us. Um, just like Steve gave you his credits, y'all know, follow us on all the things, ask Mix Company. Um, you can reach out, out to us on email, mixcompany@gmail.com, at gmail.com. Um, or just holler at us when you see us uh, uh, on your Instagram. So we will, or or even on Spotify, Stitcher and all of that. So um yeah we'll be hollering at y'all continue to enjoy uh this break if you're in the northeast from from the calamity of covid it's still here but apparently our numbers are low enough that you can go inhale outside real quick before you go inside um, and and you know wash your hands wear a mask and we'll holler at you
2: peace <laughs> <go. laughs>